LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the Five Leadership Questions Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Atkins, and I'm here today with Daniel Lim. Hello, hello. And, well, we always say special guests because most of our guests are special. Okay. I won't tell you who. But, but this no. guest is extremely special because yes. we've had her husband on multiple times. Yes. She has been name dropped on here before. Yes. Very much so, especially when we talk about what leadership looks like in your home. So I don't know, Candy, if you've gone back and listened to Robbie's answers to that question. I haven't. Uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> I should. Be, that'll you be fun should. to do. Yeah, yeah. I should have before now. Yeah. <laughs> now we'll see if they're congruent. That's yes, right. That's right. Not. Precisely. So that is Candy Gallaty. Candy is a pastor's wife, a mother of two precious boys, a speaker, a writer, who is devoted to making disciples by cultivating a passionate woman for God's word. She uh, she and her husband, Robbie, co-authored Foundations. Together, they lead Replicate Ministries. She lives in Nashville, Tennessee, and is the author of a brand new book, Disciple Her, Using the Word, Work, and Wonder of God to Invest in Women. Thanks for being on the podcast, Candy. Yeah, thank you all for having me. If you remember... I refer to her as Diesel, <laughs> and we tried to decide if that wasn't a good adjective or not with her husband. And I'm like, no, that's a really good thing. What, I refer to if you someone, as Diesel. If diesel. someone called you Diesel, Candy, what would you? How would you react to that? Well, my first thought is, <laughs> I have no idea if this is right, but both of our boys have truck names. <laughs> so when you say Diesel, I'm thinking because we got Rig and we have Ryder, you yeah. know. So that's. It fits. Yeah. Yeah. It totally fits. <laughs> no, because I've said um, I've said to you and Robbie that you remind me of my wife, and I think yes. we get along well. Yeah. yeah. And so I say she is Diesel. This yes. is a direct, um, no nonsense kind of person for the most part uh, that gets gets things done. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. And Candy, how is it living on a farm? Because Robbie was Ooh. talking about his sheep and his oh my gosh. goat and all that stuff. That I don't think he lives on uh, the farm. <laughs> I mean, he he is down on that farm every day yeah. with his animals and he loves it. And then for me, I said, you know, as long as I don't take care of it, <laughs> I, I could care less what you have down there. You know, right. just whatever you want. I'm just not going to do anything with them. Okay, you know? Okay. <laughs> and so that was our plan. That was the deal. And... And we've stuck by that. And so he goes out every day. He pets them. He feeds them. I mean, it's like therapy for him. He <laughs> loves these animals. And All I'm right. just like, I ride by and I'm like, oh, they're so cute, yeah. you know, but I don't really want to go out there and play with them, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I have determined uh, you could you could not tell me uh, where a flight was going. And I can tell you if it's going to Nashville or not based on the number of emotional support animals that are on the Oh flight. my gosh, that's true. This is true. <laughs> and guitars. And guitars. Yeah. yeah. And wide brim hats. Yes. But let's not talk about it. Except Nashville. one time we did see Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, wow. And, and uh, uh, CeeLo Green. CeeLo Green. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Well, that was interesting. Yeah, it was. <laughs> both, both weren't as tall as I thought they would be. Yeah, yeah, that's normally was. the case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, disciple her. Yes. Uh, talk to us about the book. What, what's kind of the big why behind the book? Because you've been you've spent years and years in discipleship and discipling others, and and why write this book specifically? Yes. Yeah. Well, what happened was I would teach on the subject um, quite often, and people would come up to me afterwards and they would say do you have this in written form? Mm. And I would say, I don't. Like I had PowerPoint slides, you know, or something like that, or an outline, but I didn't have anything really written down. And after that happened for a little while, I thought, well, maybe I should 
just sit down and try to like write some of this down Mm. because most people want to make disciples. They just don't know what to do. Totally. And I mean, Robbie says it all the time. If you don't know what to do, you don't do anything at all. And so I just took a couple of months one summer and just started writing down everything as if I was teaching it. Mm. And that turned into Disciple Her. So it took, I I did it for two summers and because that's really the only time I had like undevoted time Mm. to be able to write. And I just wanted it to be a resource that people could pick up, kind of like a manual. Like, I don't know where I'm at in this process, but I need suggestions. I Mm. need to know am I on point. I need to know if I've forgotten something. And so that's how it kind of came together. And I just wrote it kind of a step-by-step because that's how I learn. And so I was hoping by doing it that way and making it very practical that it would be just a really good tool for people to use to know like what I need, what do I need to do and where am I at in this process? So how is this, how does this uh, fit with um, the book that you and Robbie wrote, Foundations? Yeah. So we're both very passionate about keeping people in the word Mm. for themselves. And so Foundations was birthed out of a reading plan that we had developed to help people have success when reading the Bible. Um, So often we would hear, you know, it's too overwhelming or I don't know where to start or I don't, you know, I don't know what plan to do. And so we created this reading plan called the F260 at the time and Lifeway partnered with us and created foundations with it so that when you don't read every page of the Bible, it kind of bridges the gap. So Mm -hmm. the foundations is like a paragraph of commentary on the reading plan that's included in it. And so that's that's kind of how we do it. And we go through those with our discipleship groups every year. That's so cool. That's so cool. What I love about this book and and in your ministry is that you you're doing it, right? And mm-hmm. and you are discipling. You're not just talking about discipleship. Right. You're yeah. doing it. And and the neat thing about uh, the whole process of writing a book, I mean, you probably finished and, and sent that initial manuscript over a year ago now. Yes. Right. And there's true. been a lot of learning since then, Absolutely. I'm sure. Uh, so that brings us to our first question. Who are you learning from? I, we just kind of love to, to get into the mind, yeah. of, especially authors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to go back and listen to some of your podcasts because I'm interested to see how people answer that question. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's really cool. Um, I would say first and foremost, I probably learned the most from Robbie. Hmm. I mean, we, whether it's, you know, insight into the scripture or discipleship conversations that we have. I mean, we're constantly talking about these things in the home. And so really and truly, if somebody has discipled me, it's been Robbie. Mm-hmm. I've had people invest in me over the years, but really, truly, I mean, we've been married almost 15 years now. So I definitely feel like I learned the most from him. I read a lot. So I feel like I, I learn quite a lot from books, but the beauty of discipleship is when your discipleship group functions as it should, Hmm. you learn from the women that are in the group or from the men that are in the group. And so I have a group and even though I'm the leader and they look to me as the leader, I'm actually learning from all of them too. They're all unique with their experiences and um, the insight that they get into the word. And so when we sit around a table and we're talking about all that, I'm learning things from these women, you know, and the things that they've they've lived through. And um, we ha- I have one right now who lost her daughter 10 years ago to cancer. Mm. Well, I haven't experienced that loss, but yet I am learning through her and how she has lived through loss, right. mm. you know? And I mean, it's just... It's incredible. And then, you know, I've got one that's just passionate about missions and she she goes overseas all the time and she works with women who have been trafficked, you know, mm. and I've participated in some of those trips and 
but I'm still learning from her, you know, as she, so we're, we're all investing in one another. And that's how, that's the beauty of a discipleship group. Yeah. It's functioning like that the way it should be. Yeah. What's, what's fun about that is, I mean, how often do leaders, I, f- I find that there are leaders who go straight to books or to the experts or to podcasts or there, there are individuals more on that side, but a lot of times the, the weakness, to, I mean, that's obviously a strength, uh, but the weakness to that is they may not be learning from their context and from mm-hmm. those around. Yeah. So I love the way that you illustrated that and, mm-hmm. and talked about the way that you're actively learning from those that you are discipling. Yeah. Uh, but I'd be curious to to know what discipleship books uh, have really shaped you, um, especially yeah, that's as, a, you, as you wrote a book on discipleship. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I've even included a list in the back of different books that we have read um, as a group and that I read you know, every year with the girls. But um, obviously, Robbie's resources, mm. I love um, them. And I really like Growing Up and Firmly Planted. They're mm. just really, I usually start my groups with one of them oh, okay. because it's impacted okay. me as well. And then I always read every year, Disciple Her. I mean, no, that's what I wrote. <laughs> yes. No, I'm every looking year. at the title. Everyone and like, should read be, Disciple Her yeah, every year. No, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm looking at the title, but no, Biblical Femininity by Christy Cole. Oh, okay. I read that okay. every single year and it is just, it has shaped me, not just as a discipleship leader, hmm. as a woman of God. Mm. and how God has designed me and created me. Mm. And it's so important. It's things I wish I would have known 15, 20 years ago um, that I've only learned in the last like six or seven years. And I take every group through that book because it's really impacted me. And um, every time I ask the girls at the end of the year, what was one of your favorite books? Nine times out of 10, it's biblical femininity. Really? Yeah, it's really good book. Um, It's not... I think it's kind of self-published through their church and okay. uh, it's Grace Church in South Carolina. Okay. Um, but anyway, that's one of my top ones, I would say. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Sweet. It's right there at the top. I'm looking at the back. Yeah. Got Bonhoeffer and Spurgeon. Oh, yeah. I love Christian biographies. And so yeah. I normally let the girls pick one. Keller and... Mm-hmm. Counterfeit gods is good. Oh, counterfeit gods. So good. So good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I it's always, painful. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it is. Oh, but it's good. I like how you put Trip at the bottom. Yeah. No, no, he's not at the bottom. There's another page. Uh, no, I mean, all these all these books, most of them are read, but man, this is a great list. Um, so, uh, and I, the reason why I was talking about Trip is every Paul Trip book is the same. Yes. I read a chapter, and I think I'm a horrible person. Oh, yeah. And he reminds me about grace. Yeah. Yeah. Then I read the next chapter, and I feel like I'm a horrible person, and he reminds me about grace. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have his parenting book down here, and oh, yeah. if you think you're a good parent, That's just read his book. Oh my gosh, parenting, <laughs> oh yeah, teen gospel principles oh, that will man. make you feel like garbage. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, that can radically change your radically change your family. That is so fun. Uh, all right. Uh, second question is, what is the main point of emphasis with you right now and in, in your leadership? Yeah, I mean, I think it's always two things, really. Creating a disciple-making movement mm. and Bible engagement for me. Like, I have a passion for getting women in the Word mm. for themselves. And so... And I think that is obviously, and I mean, LifeWay's done research on this. It's the number one spiritual discipline that affects every other discipline in our Christian life. Mm-hmm. And it's it's obviously the the crux of a discipleship relationship and of a, and of a group um, is Bible engagement. So mm-hmm. those are like the two things that I'm super passionate about and, and Robbie as well. Mm-hmm. 
You know, I, um, I like literally just got off a plane from India, and I was with uh, I was with some people that you know Middle East, not just India, but also from the Middle East, uh, in places where. I mean, we couldn't post any pictures of the people yeah. that were attending our training. We couldn't, you know, reference any of them okay. uh, on social or anything. The most interesting thing to me is where the gospel was spreading and how it was spreading was through reading of Scripture. So mm. it wasn't, I'm winning your soul by arguing you into it right. or something I'm you're seeing in me that, you know, I'm different as much as it was. Reading the Bible, yeah. just hey, are you open to reading the Bible? And then let's let's answer some questions. Just read the Bible yeah. with me. Um, and even you know, if you're Muslim, start. This is a particular place we're going to start, and yeah. we're going to walk you through. It's just the power of Scripture is absolutely amazing. So That's I right. love the way you answered that question. Yeah, I mean, I tell the the girls all the time, it's living and active. And living means it's breathing and it's doing something. Yeah. It's not just sitting there. You mm -hmm. know, it is alive and um, we need to treat it as so, mm. you know. And I think, I mean, I could totally get on a soapbox about this, but I won't. Um, but, you know, in the society we live in, I just got through teaching on this the other day in San Diego. I told them we live in a TGIF society, you know, mm -hmm. Twitter, Google, Instagram, Facebook, and we can go <laughs> on and on. Right. And I'm like, we spend more time reading other people's words Hmm. and comments and status and, you know, all these things than we do reading the word of the Lord. Oh, and there, man. there's a really big so problem true. with that, you know, I mean, or, or <laughs> we sit there and we spend so much time crafting our own yeah. post or status more so than we do spending time in the word. Hmm. And that just bothers me. And I'm like, we have got to get back to where we understand what our priorities are and for our own spiritual health, mm. you know? Yeah, and then and then you end up living a life not full of the Holy Spirit, you know, not full of no. the fruit of the Spirit. You're not bearing yeah. spiritual maturity. And it's like, well, yeah, because what, what are you putting in? Right. Yeah, you're not putting in what needs to be put in in order for that growth to happen. Yeah. Hmm. That's a good point. So when you look at your daily rhythm then, uh, what are two or three things that you find yourself having to do absolutely, you know, every single day. And I know Bible reading is one of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I was going to say, besides the obvious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are yeah. just, you know, bring us into the life of yeah. Candy Galaty and, and what do these two or three things have, you know, what kind of benefit do they have on your life and leadership? Yeah. Um, I would say every day obviously would be coffee, you know? Like, <laughs> yes. How do you take I mean, your coffee? Yeah. yeah. I, um, I do like a little almond milk, kind of a creamer, okay. like a vanilla creamer and like a Truvia or something, a little Truvia in there. Okay. All right. So I, I can't drink it just black unless I have to, um, <laughs> but just a little cream, a little sugar, and I'm good to go. But I like a big cup in the morning hmm. and I kind of, you know, I sip on it for about an hour. I always do my quiet time. I know that's kind of a, the Jesus answer, but it's, it's true. Yeah. Um, every morning I wake up at about five o'clock hmm. And actually this morning I was up at 412. I'm not sure why, but um, I went ahead and got up. But anyway, typically it would be five o'clock in the morning. And I do that because the boys come downstairs at 610. Okay. And if I'm going to, I'm just not one, I've got to do my quiet time in the morning. I thrive and I function really well when I do that. And so I spend that hour in the word, journaling, praying, looking over scriptures that I'm memorizing. And then the boys come, you know, run down the stairs and I'm done for the day, you know? <laughs> and, um, but anyway, so that's a everyday thing. And then working out, is really important to me. Mm. And I, like, I've been really into for years spin, 
you know, okay. cycling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I used to run and I hurt my foot, so I can't do that anymore, but I can do spin and I love it. And so I just joined Cycle Bar, which okay. we have. Oh, it's a new okay. one in Hendersonville. Yeah. My wife did that for a while. Oh my gosh. I love it. And what's so awesome is that it they rank you. Okay. So like you're riding with, you're in a studio, it's a spin studio. So mm. you're riding with, you know, however many people are in the class that day, let's say 30. And you'll do, you know, you're, do, you're really just trying to do it for yourself, mm. but they'll put you on the screen if you want to be on the screen. And so you'll have 20 people, your names are up there and they'll, they'll time you on a sprint, okay. like a power sprint or how fast you're going. And so you're seeing your name up there. And if you're competitive at all, yeah, you were trying to get <laughs> first, second or third place, you know? Right. So that's been my goal was like, I want to place, and I place in power sprints all the time, but okay. not, not the like, like almost like your running sprints. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, when yeah. you got to go to like 130 um, RPMs, that's yeah. that that's part. hard to do on a spin cycle. Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> but like, if you give me, like, if you sit down and you give me a high gear yeah. and a speed, I'll place first, second or third, yeah. you know? But anyway, I've been trying to like rank every no, that's time. Good. I love spinning too. So. Yeah. And yeah, so no, today, do you do it with weights as well, or is so, it just? Yeah, I do weights beforehand. I, I get dizzy. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do weights at home. That joke. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. I do. Uh, I do some weight. I do weight training at home. Okay. And then, but on, but the cycle. This class does have a bar weights, but they only go up to like there's a six pound and a four pound. Okay. Gotcha. And they do like a four or five minute routine, but it's not enough to really be. I'm really okay. going for the spin. I mean, okay. it's, it's now. Nice, have but, you have you considered? Um, going like, do you road bike as well? Have you I considered don't. doing? I have, that leap? I have, and we actually went and looked at those bikes are expensive. They are. They're like at least I'm a like, thousand. Yes. Yeah. I'm like least. I'm not. I don't want to spend that. I mean, and like it would be nice, but next. you need to get the whole gear. Yeah. On the road bike. Way, yeah. You know? <laughs> and I mean, part of part of doing it for me too is doing it with a whole room full of people. Okay. You know, like the accountability that's there. I even talk about that in the intro of the book. Uh, is a spin talk yeah. about spin, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just fun. I like it, and and it pushes me. You know, like for my endurance. I mean, I'm gonna be forty next. No, this year. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm taking it hard. Forty years old, and You'll so I'm like drinking black coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next day, oh man, be that'll coffee. be it. Yeah. I'm like, golly, I just gotta stay with it, you know, mm. and and keep after Does my boys. No, I tried and tried <laughs> to get I, I him to come. I could not spin. imagine him spinning. No, no, yeah. he won't. He won't. I'm like, baby, I promise you, like, you can go at your own pace. You know, he thinks he's too big for like. He is too big. <laughs> but no, I'm like, there are other people are, in yeah. there that are big. No. See, okay, here's why I love spinning. I love it because it's, it's, it's cardio, but it's also my legs. Absolutely. So yeah. it's. Instead of me having to go and do leg presses and all that stuff afterwards, it's like I'm working. You're getting on my legs. that, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I'll go do my upper body weights yes. afterwards. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I keep telling. And then I mean, I've got my heart's in really good condition. Like I mm. went to the doctor not too long ago, and they were, you know, I don't know if it was like an EKG or what. And they're like, "Man, your your heart is like, like perfect. It's really doing doing well." And I'm like, "Well, I hope so." You know, I mean, I'm spinning like a mad woman, you know, like three days a week. Yeah. But I'm noticing that, I mean, I, I, I feel good, but it's just good for you, mm. you know? And Robbie's like, that, ain't, that spin ain't doing nothing for you. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, listen, dude, I like it. I like it. And so, and Don't I ranked. mentioned this already. She's married to Gaston from Beauty yeah. and Yeah, Gaston. <laughs> well, you gotta, you gotta do it with the French. Gaston. He's, Gaston. He's not. Uh, he has he is a different he completely is different fully, personality. Yes, but yeah. that's what he looks he like. He does he look is, like Gaston. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the embodiment. 
Yeah, we have heard that uh, before. Have you guys seen the updated Beauty and the Beast? No, like we the, haven't. The real life. Yeah, of it? Uh-uh. <laughs> you should totally watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody else, everybody's saying right now he looks like Aquaman. Um, and I'm like, you know, okay. like we went and saw that the I other day and I was like, like six, seven. And it's yeah. just because he's it's, dark. There's dark features. Yeah. And the, the facial hair yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So yeah. I was like, you all need right. to grow your hair out. But all right. All right. I'm going to move us along. Well, we have been talking Wait about home spin. here and there. Yeah. Right. So uh, what does leadership look like in your home? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I really think leading by example for us is what is effective mm. because our boys, you know, they're at an age, they're 10 and eight. And so we're obviously learning more and more about them and their personalities. And, you know, are they morning people or night people? And when, sh- you know, when should they do their quiet times and stuff like that? And so our main goal is we want them to see us doing those things. Mm. And so therefore it will impact them. And you know, every single day when they come down those stairs at 610, because that's when they set their little alarm, they, there is never a day they come down those stairs and I'm not in my spot reading my Bible. Hmm. Never. Unless I'm out of town. And one, I'm doing that for myself. But two, I want them to know years from now, that image is always in their brain. Hmm. You know, I came down those stairs every single morning. I saw mom sitting in her same chair, with their Bible, you know, they see that. And, and the same for Robbie, you know, like mm-hmm. he'll, he typically works out first in the morning and then he'll sit in his chair and do his quiet time. And so they'll see him doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so we want to model that for them. And that's just, you know, obviously one area, but we're, we're trying to model all those things that you want to instill in your kids. We're trying to lead by example first mm. and not just because we said so or because this is the right thing to do. Um, so, so, so what does that, because I mean, this is great that we're talking about this because I have a, a nine and a half year old, mm-hmm. an almost eight year old, yeah. and I have a four year old. Oh, wow. And, you know, that's something that we've been really, I mean, we have foundations, the yes. foundations, yes. the kids won. Yeah. Um, so, but but we're al- always trying to wrestle through, okay, what does daily devotions look, look like, like? Yeah, and for them to be in the Word at the right. moment. So, so give us an example. Yeah. I mean, what does that look like for your kids? Yeah. So for us, like Rig is a night person, and he. So like, if I tell him, "Hey, get out your Bible and and do your devo," you know, this morning, he's not. It's not going to be most effective for him. Mm. So he reads at night. Okay. And he's not reading through like foundations. He has it, but he loves the like comic style. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Like graphic novel type Bibles. And he's got like four or five of them. Okay. He reads them every single night. And I'm telling you what, he learns more from these Bibles. Like it's incredible. Mm. And it's just because it's something that he's into and he's reading. And he and he 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 gets kind of scared at night. So he likes to like stay up for a while and he'll read and it kind of comforts him. But the Lord just speaks to him through these Bibles. It's really amazing. He'll come up with these truths and I'm like, dude the Holy Spirit just told you that because there is no way your 10-year-old brain could do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's so cool. But anyway, so he does that at night and um, it's just his own thing. You know, like we haven't started like asking him to journal yet. That's probably coming pretty soon. You know, Mm. he's 10. Writer's eight. It's a little more of a struggle for him because he doesn't like to read. So therefore like 
he feels like everything's a chore, yeah, you know? Okay. However, he's a morning person. And so we're encouraging him to do it in the morning. Mm. And he would be one that would do foundations and kind of stick with okay. that. Okay. But it's not like a, a regular everyday thing. Really and truly, we capitalize on dinner time with them because we're all around the table and bedtime. And so those are the two times where we're either pouring into them what we've already done from our quiet time or like, you know, just having conversation and looking for those teachable moments with them. And I think they're at the age now where probably the fall, I would say, or maybe next year, Robbie is going to do a discipleship group with them versus just like, you know, dad and, you know, pouring into him and mom pouring into him, but actually just what he does with his discipleship groups on Wednesday night, he's going to do that with the boys. So when did you guys move from like a family style devotion to them doing their own devotions or do you still do both or what? It's kind of, it's kind of a little bit of both, but we don't, we haven't like sat down necessarily and like opened the Bible and all read together um, in a while. (laughs) So they've been doing, I would say probably the last year, you know, they've been reading on their own. Right. And, you know, we obviously talk a lot about what they're reading and different things. And then we do, um, you know, like when I bring them, you know, in the car in the mornings to school, we talk about things and um, we have prayer time and that sort of thing. So it's a little bit of both. So I have 10-year-old, one next week is going to be eight, both boys. So it's similar to you guys. Yeah. And then a six-year-old girl and then a 11-month-year-old daughter. Wow. So we're still doing the every single night without fail, 7.30, it's going to happen. Like everybody knows it's since mm-hmm. birth. But um, now we're going, okay, when do we make the shift, especially yeah. for the older one? Because he's well, more than ready. Right. And sometimes we'll just do it on his own anyway. Right. But um, I don't know. Yeah, but we've been wrestling with that with too. That, so yeah. I was I was interested in when yeah. you guys made the switch. Well, and and I think too, it's it's always a balance in how much do we have to force that right. versus how much we want them to get that on their own. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And so we're we're really we that's always just like a. I mean, we pray for wisdom all the time. Obviously, like y'all do too. I'm sure, mm-hmm. but just that the Lord would give us wisdom in parenting, and I don't want to be so pushy that they don't want to do those things and spend time with the Lord. But on the flip side, I want them to know this is extremely important, you know, for your spiritual health. So yeah, it's all, it's always a, we're always keeping it in check and figuring out kind of what we can do. But at this point with them being 10 and eight, I think Robbie meeting with them in a discipleship group, like the three of them Mm -hmm. is going to be a really neat, a neat thing for them. Yeah, that is. Yeah. So, Candy, if you were sitting across your 20-year-old self, what would you say to yourself about preparing to lead? Yeah, I think I would say if you lead yourself well, you'll be able to lead others well. Hmm. And I really believe that leadership starts with us, you know, with you as the person. You have to, you know, be in charge of your own life. You know, I mean, it's obviously God, but you have to be the one managing your time and you have to be the one doing the spiritual disciplines, right? And if you do those things, if you lead yourself well, you're going to be able to lead others well, Mm -hmm. Lord willing. And then, um, you know, my life verse is Proverbs 4.23. 
um, above all else, guard your heart for it affects everything you do. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I would just tell my 20 year old self that guard your heart, always guard your heart. And the heart is the mind. You know, it's not just the, you know, the love muscle. Yeah. It's the, um, it's the mind. So how do you guard that? You know, and yeah. I would just keep that at the forefront. That's you know? good. That's good. Now, I mean, you've written this book, Disciple Her, and I'm sure there's uh, a, a lot of our female listeners who are probably listening to this and they're like, man, uh, Candy, can you disciple me? Or <laughs> I wish that there was someone that could disciple me. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, in, in reading this book, they're going to understand how they can then disciple others. But what about the, what would you say to those leaders out there who are like, man, I would just, I would just love to be discipled. I've never been discipled. Mm-hmm. Uh, what advice would you give to them? Yeah, I would first just tell them to pray about mm-hmm. it. And if they're, you know, we always kind of say there's a process um, to, you don't want to just go from like, not even going to church to all of a sudden, you know, you need to be in a discipleship group. But are they, you know, I would ask them to ask themselves, are they faithful in church attendance first? Mm-hmm. Like, are they part of a body do they go consistently? And if the answer is yes, then I would tell them to look around either in their life group, their small group, their Sunday school group, you know, setting and pray about who they could approach about maybe discipling them. Okay. And I mean, sometimes people, it may be a foreign concept to some people, they're not going to know what to do. And so I would, I would urge that person to pray through a, a Bible reading plan of some sort and talk to that person about reading the Bible together through that plan. And, you know, if you don't find somebody that you can ask to disciple you, it may be that you need to do discipling, discipling others. Like it needs to be, um, because so many people think they can't do it. Mm. And it's not a matter of that. It's just a matter of being obedient, being in the word and letting that be a lifestyle in your, in your life. You cannot help but pour that into somebody else. Yeah. It's not as hard, I think, as some people feel that it is. Right. So I would say if they don't have somebody that the Lord lays on their heart to approach, then they need to pray about maybe being the person and going out and seeking, you know, three or four women. You know, I think one of the most interesting things is you go back to what you said before on how, in part, how you're discipling your boys is by modeling it. Yeah. And so, you know, what, a lot of people will say, well, I don't know how to do it because nobody did that for me. Right. So they don't have the confidence. And so reading a book like this will certainly give you some confidence, mm-hmm. but it's actually just stepping up and doing it yeah. and being faithful and obedient, as you said, to what we're called to do. Right. As a disciple, we are supposed to make disciples. We that's don't right. really have a choice. Right. I mean, that's just that's what, what we're, we're supposed to be doing. To do. Yeah. Um, and just, you know have trust that he is faithful and he's going to fill in your gaps. That's right. You know, he's going to dust your trail if you maybe say something wrong or mm-hmm. get it wrong. It, it, it is about being faithful and about moving forward. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I tell, I tell people all the time, which is part of the subtitle of the book is using the word and the work um, and the wonder of God. Well, the work is the life experience and the lessons that he's already, you know, allowed to happen in your life and he's going to continue to allow. And so people are like, I don't know, you know, what to do. And I'm like, there's only one you. Mm. 
and you have gone through so many things that other people can't relate to yeah. or, um, you know, haven't gone through themselves. And when you, you draw from that, when you're investing in other people, that comes into play in discipleship relationships. And so I think a lot of people, they don't think they have anything to contribute, but yet when they sit back and evaluate their life, there's actually a lot they can contribute. They just need to be bold enough to share it, transparent enough to open up. Yeah. And what I love about that advice, especially if you can't, um, if, if no one comes to mind in terms of who you can then approach for you to then go and gather uh, a few other people around you for, for you to begin discipling them. The, the beauty of that is, you know, you're not coming as the expert. Mm-hmm. You're coming and you're, you're like, hey, let's, let's disciple each other because you are going to be discipled by those mm-hmm. that you're discipling and the Holy Spirit is going to be yeah. uh, ultimately discipling all of you. So that's the cool thing about being intentional, creating those environments, getting yourself into the word regularly. There's no way you can't be changed. That's right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Candy, for being on the podcast with us. Be sure to pick up a copy of her book, Disciple Her, Using the Word, Work, and Wonder of God to Invest in Woman, published by our friends B&H Books. Uh, you can pick it up anywhere books are sold. And, and what's the best way for people to find you online or if they want to connect yeah, with you? Yeah, I'm, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of it. So just search Candy Gality and you'll find me there. That's K-A-N-D-I. That is correct. G-A-L-L-A-T. Awesome. Thank you all, guys. Thank you.